What's going on, Catterman and Catterwomen? Holy crap, bro! That's a big oh, one. That's a big one. What the? What's going on, Catter Nation? Welcome back to the Cattercast episode number two. I want to welcome you back, and I appreciate all of you who have sent me so much love and so much support for episode one. You know, it really, I didn't even realize the amount of people that would be so interested in a podcast like this, so enthusiastic about it, and at the same time so ready to dedicate to listening to it every single Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, well, it's definitely a little bit later today. I really do apologize to you about that. I don't understand really what happened, but I was supposed to work on the my car door with my dad, you know, replace the car, glass, everything like that, because somebody smashed in my door and tried to steal all my action camera stuff for filming a couple weeks ago. So needless to say, that took a really long time. Then I was trying to figure out how to get together with Catterkid. And even though we were supposed to have a talk today, I do apologize to you, but that is not going to happen today. It is definitely going to happen next weekend. So without further ado, if you don't already know, I'm the Catterman. I'm the East Coast guru for catfish. I'm not going to say I'm the only one, of course. But I'll tell you what, I really think that I'm doing something uh, kind of revolutionary here in the catfishing industry. First off, let's get to some questions and answers for today. So let me check my inbox here on Gmail. If you didn't know, you can send me questions and I will answer them. And you can send those to Catterman, so C-A-T-T-E-R-M-A-N dot adventures, just like the word adventures, at gmail.com. So that's Catterman period adventures at gmail.com. And every single week, we're going to cover these questions and I'll answer them as best as I can to my ability. So this week's first question is... Oh, there's no question. You done goofed. (laughs) That's fine. That's okay. I perfectly understand it. You know what? Let's just jump to something that people ask me all the time, and I'm glad to answer it for you. So, what is my fishing calendar like? And you know what? After I answer this, I want to know, and you can comment on the picture on Instagram at the underscore catterman. Do you have a fishing calendar? So here's what I mean by that. As we know, we have different seasons every single year. We've got the spring, spring transition to summer, summer, summer transition to fall, fall transition to winter, and then winter transition to spring. Yeah, there's not even winter. I'm not even going to talk about that because that's not even worth talking about. So I love to catch big fish, as you know. I love catching catfish. I love catching sharks. I like catching bass too sometimes, and I enjoy fishing for carp too. So in the spring As soon as the water hits about 42 to 45 degrees, I'm going to be targeting blue catfish a lot until the water temperatures around our area here near Princeton, New Jersey and Philadelphia become around 55 to 60 degrees. This is when I turn on to the flathead catfish bite. I like to visit a lot of tributaries. And from that point forth, I am basically dedicated completely to flathead catfish on the Schuylkill River around Philadelphia area and Pennsylvania in general until the waters around us in the ocean gets about 65, 66 degrees. So that's going to be about late July to early August. And that is when I turn on to going for big sharks. And I'll tell you what, last year for the first time after trying for about two and a half years, I finally got on some really big sand tiger sharks down in Cape May. 
And this year, I want to do this too. However, I want to improve upon the techniques that I lose, used last year. So when I talk about these techniques, I mean, I need to have a way to quicker release these fish because I'll tell you what, sharks don't do well being beached. You should never completely beach them. You should always have flowing water going through their gills because if you don't know, they can't breathe unless there's flowing water going through their gills. Now, sandbar sharks and sand tigers, luckily enough, their blood doesn't change much or doesn't become more acidic as they fight you compared to other species like hammerheads or lemon sharks. According to a actually research study that was done throughout the past three years, lemon sharks, bull sharks, black tip sharks, and especially hammerhead sharks experience a drastic change in their blood chemistry when they're caught with catch and release so just hooking them and then releasing them and so the thing is actually there was such a drastic death of hammerhead sharks after even just catch and release even with a quick release at the boat that it is not even recommended that you try to target them. Out of the amount of hammerheads, and I believe it was 120 hammerheads that they were looking at originally, these hammerheads were dying at a rate of more than 50% even after quickly being released. So they would swim off, but their blood would be so acidified, they'd have so much lactic acid, I believe that's the chemical in their blood, that they would just swim down to the bottom and die. And bull sharks, even though they're targeted heavily in Florida, they had about a 33%, from what I remember, chance of dying from catch and release. Anyway, so sand tigers and browns, they are more the hardy species of shark. However, I want to do it quicker this year, and I'm going to be tagging them for scientific research, and that's my plan. So that's sharks, and then once they leave the bay and the ocean side further down in South Jersey, that's when I will start targeting blue catfish as water temperatures around here get to about 50 you know, 45 degrees. And if I get a chance to hop in there, just as the water's between 66 to 53 degrees, I will fish for flathead catfish in, in front of their wintering holes with big live baits. So anyways, that's my fishing calendar usually. And I want to really know yours too. Do you have a fishing calendar? If you do, like I said, go on Instagram, comment on episode two's picture at the underscore catterman. That's my username. Make sure to also follow me, of course, and give that picture a like. And let me know, do you have a fishing calendar and what does yours look like? All right, so in fishing news, should I say in cat fishing news, first off, is winter really over yet? I mean, yesterday was 58 degrees over here. Now today it's 36. We had a whole week in the 40s and the low 50s. So that makes me really think, is winter over yet? Well, I'm sorry for all of you that have been so ecstatic about these increased temperatures, but what I can tell you, winter is definitely not over yet. It's not going to be over for a while. You better stay tuned because it's going to be a little bit longer. However, it looks like for us here on the East Coast, February is going to be a pretty mild but very wet winter. And as we go into March, about mid-March to late March, we're going to start seeing a little bit warmer temperatures. And I'll tell you what, I can't wait for that to happen. So in other catfishing news... We actually had an angler down in Texas that caught a record for that lake 67 pound blue catfish in a tournament and released that fish. For all the links to all the stories, you can check down in the description of this post and read those. But I'll tell you what, the angler not only caught such a big catfish, but he did what was best for that species. He released the 67 pounder to live another day, so he catch photo released it, CPR'd it. And we definitely appreciate that. So thank you from the community to you for doing that. And especially I really appreciate that. We also had a Kevin Moore fishing on Lake Tillery in North Carolina. And now, as, as it seems, he's called the Fish Whisperer because he caught two huge blue catfish in the axis of 80 to 100 pounds. Not only one, but two within a couple of days. This landed him on the news and especially his local news. 
And you know what, Kevin, if you're listening to this podcast, and I'm sure I have you added on Facebook too, congratulations, that is so awesome. And from what, I, from what I understand, you released those fish too, and I think that is so awesome. We definitely appreciate everyone, I do, that releases trophy-sized blue catfish. And you know what, it, I'll tell you what, these big breeder fish, any fish above really 24 to 26 inches, is more of a breeder fish and a trophy fish that's going to keep on producing those good genes and leaving them in that water body. So thank you, Kevin, for catching those huge cats and releasing them. Awesome job on those catches. Also, we had another moor, Jake Moore, down actually in the Kentucky River in Kentucky, who caught a 93-pound catfish. And I think what's even cooler about that is not only did he catch such a big catfish, but instead of selling it to the Pay Lake industry, which is really prevalent in Kentucky, and we'll talk about that in another episode, he released it to live another day and just took a nice picture with it. Jake, if you're listening to this podcast, congratulations, guys. Give him a big shout-out, too, especially in Kentucky, because the laws over there don't protect trophy fish. And what he did was not only the right thing, but it was awesome. And last but not least for Catfish News, since other than the Catfish Conference that is coming up, we had a really special moment, and as it seems down on Old Hickory Lake... Chris Price and his daughter Farah in Nashville, Tennessee, actually caught a 58-pound catfish, which she reeled in. And not only that, the coolest thing about this story definitely was that she was willing to go out in the cold temperatures even when her father didn't want to. So go Farah, awesome job. And I know that catfish was released too, so thank you so much for keeping that tradition of catching big catfish alive and letting them go. Let me get a little bit of coffee in here. I'll tell you what, I've been on this Nespresso coffee lately and i gotta tell you what it is just the bomb it's so good it tastes so good it's so smooth it's got so much caffeine in it without the whole wiggle and the whole jiggle from like regular drip coffee and you know what the thing is you can send these little tiny packets which are like k-cups back to nespresso that actually recycles them so instead of like throwing them in the trash i think it's awesome Mmm. oh that is good i hope i make all of you really thirsty to drink some good coffee right now too (laughs) All right, so next up, what we, I really want to talk to you about today is manufacturers to look out for in 2019 in the catfishing industry. Now, there's two different types. There's the manufacturer that's really trying to come out with new type of products, and these are kind of products which are innovative. You definitely see Daiwa and Shimano doing this a lot, and Okuma as well. And then there's also the manufacturers that are producing a lot of Chinese OEM reels. So what I mean by that is you're given a certain body choice. Either, you know, and this is coming out of China, and you can build onto that depending on how much you're willing to pay, and the company will do that. So the manufacturer will do that. So what they'll do is they'll ask, you know, what kind of handle do you want? What kind of knob? Blah, blah, blah. What kind of design? And so you can tell these Chinese OEM reels because they're usually very cheap. They do look usually really nice. They come in very bright colors often. But I'll tell you, when it comes to the quality, you're definitely not getting the best quality. Uh, So I'm not going to say which companies because I'm sure you can tell which ones those are going to be for 2019. But, you know, it's not bad. Usually you get a pretty good reel, good rods, good line for a pretty cheap dollar. But, of course, remember that the only thing good then is if you have good customer service behind that. So I I try to look a little bit around. I see there's going to be a lot of manufacturers going to the Catfish Conference, and I'm actually going to be watching that, and I suggest that you do too, because there's actually going to be a lot of live streams, a lot of shows. They're going to be centered around the Catfish Conference. So I would recommend keep your eyes peeled for February 22nd till the 24th for the Catfish Conference to see if on YouTube there's going to be some live streams. I'm going to be watching, and then we will truly find out who is going to be 
The most interesting manufacturer to keep our eyes on for catfishing in 2019. So yeah, anyways, that is going to be a big deal for 2019. We're going to see which manufacturers are going to make a big difference. I'm definitely keeping my eyes on Penn because I think that Penn is going to make a huge, huge, huge move. And I really like some of the affordable options such as the Penn Fierce that they're offering too. And Okuma too. I would keep my eyes on them too. So last but not least for today's episode, even though we were supposed to have Cat or Kid on, things just didn't work today. I guess when it came to the timing, we just were not able to get it right. Let's talk about one of the biggest hot topics right now in the catfishing industry, and that is cold water flathead catfish. Now, if you don't know anything about flathead catfish and their biology, let me explain to you a little bit of something about them and how they work. So flathead catfish are a very predatory type of catfish. They have three different phases that they basically live in throughout the year. First comes the spring, and the spring, that gets started around when the water temperatures hit 53 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. This is when flathead catfish wake up, and they start gorging on a lot of fish, and they really enjoy feeding on smaller pieces of bait since their stomachs aren't very big yet. This means that they're really looking for winter-killed gizzard shad and anything else they can get their mouths on. At this point in time of the year, they're really as much of a scavenger as any other type of catfish. Let this pass on as the water keeps heating up and once the water hits about 60-65 degrees, these flathead catfish now are just primarily feeding on very big live bait and this is when we start to hit the summer. Anywhere really when the water gets above 68 degrees, you know 66 degrees, this is when the real water fishing style, so I say summer fishing style for flathead starts and that's when you're really trying to use big live baits, trying to avoid the cut bait, and this is also the only time when you'll want to use cut bait is during when it's flooded and when the water is high. And that's when flatheads are going to love hitting on big chunks of gizzard shad or carp. Another really good bait choice for them too would be to use a flapper rigged sunfish or perch. Then the summer hits. This is when water temperatures get about 75 to 76 degrees, usually in July. And that's when they go on the spawn. This means that the males and females create a burrow, like a hole, a lot of holes, and this is when a lot of people target them too that are noodling. And what really occurs here is that the females lay eggs, the male then pushes them out of the nest, and then the females leave looking for food again while the male sits in that nest for like a whole month almost, about anywhere from 18 to 27 days, I believe is the approximate time, and he does not feed and he just takes care of the babies. Let that pass on, and he leaves the nest, and he joins the females and the rest of the flathead species to hunt again and fill up their stomachs until about the water starts to go down, the fall starts hitting, and as the water hits below 60 degrees, they all migrate towards the deepest holes that can be found on that water body. During this migration period, as the water keeps dropping in temperature, you can catch these flathead catfish with huge big live baits and you can have a lot of success right in front of the mouths of these really deep holes. Now once the water gets above, below 50 degrees, I'd say the lowest I've ever caught them in was 45 degrees, these flatheads all pile on top of each other in these deep holes and they fall asleep. Their metabolic metabolism slash metabolic rate drops drastically. 
And this is a time where really they don't feed actively. They're just sitting down there. But I mean, if they could get a tiny little meal, sometimes they'll take it. The only problem is oftentimes flatheads are snagged or so should I say flossed. What that means is there's a lot of fishermen such as walleye fishermen that will snag them accidentally or hook them somehow in the mouth during this time of the year, so during the winter. So these flatheads really aren't hunting, but they're caught that way. You put a little bait in front of them, somehow they end up getting hooked on it. So why did I explain this to you and why did I tell you this? Well, it's because I am a strong supporter of people not targeting them during this time of the year. And it's, you know, it's, it's really just taking advantage of these fish being in an asleep state. Lately on social media, especially on Facebook, a gentleman has been outed in the catfishing community for going after these big flathead catfish. And he actually caught a 55-pound flathead catfish on the ice. So there's some people saying, yeah, you can do it. He was actively targeting them and he waited for them to hit bite and then he caught them. And then there's other people saying he was making the line go around until the bait eventually got into their mouth. And then somehow he hooked them in the lip, which is called flossing. As much as I think it's, you know, I understand it. you've got the itch to catfish, so you're just trying to do it, and then you know where they're wintering, and you just, you're like, all right, whatever, I'll snag it. There's a big difference between doing this, then releasing them, and then other people seeing this on social media, and then taking advantage of the situation. And as much as I want to support him, because he seems like a really, really great guy, he really looks out for other people, and he is just a really great, very skilled catfisherman, I think the biggest issue with the situation, at least from my point of view, is that you are publicly broadcasting it. And just like with pot liquors or spot burners, when you start broadcasting this, you're going to draw in a myriad of people of different types. You're going to also draw in sadly the people who will take advantage of these situations. And let's say now that they know where these fish are and how to get them and floss them and snag them, if it's not illegal, they'll do that to feed their family or to take these fish. And it really, it should be a closed season. So if it were up to me, to protect the flathead populations of your local water bodies, I personally would appreciate having a closed season on these fish, which depends upon the average time of the year when the water hits 45 degrees or below. So yeah, I mean, that's my point and take. I know a lot of people have hated on him. I don't agree with that. I think, you know, you need to look at it from both sides. However, I think when it comes to the betterment for the species and to ensure their survival, I look, I don't think it's the right thing to do. You really shouldn't be doing it. And if somehow you are legally allowed to do it in your area, the least you could do at least is not publicly broadcast it. Make other people do the same thing. Because as much as you might be a responsible fisherman, once you start getting the whole crowd and the whole public into it, it is going to turn into a vile disaster. So that is my point of view on cold water flathead catfish. Should you go after them? No, I don't think you should. I definitely wouldn't do it. But again, social media can be the greatest tool or it can be your worst enemy. So you have to choose what you're going to do and what you're going to broadcast. It's just that simple. So, you know, we were supposed to have Catterkid on today. I think I said that to you guys earlier. So I do apologize that it didn't work out. But you know, the thing is, I think we had a pretty good time here. I hope this was an entertaining podcast. And, you know, again, I really apologize for the late podcast today. And I can assure you that for next Sunday, we are going to be on schedule on time for 3 p.m. Eastern time. We're most definitely going to have an interview, too, and a, just a hangout session with Catter Kid. We're just going to talk about some stories and also about some of the hardships he's gone through in life. And I just want to get his personality and viewpoint onto the show. So you know what? I hope you guys have a good swing into the rest of the week. Work hard. 
the weather's going to start getting better. Let's look towards spring, and I can't wait to fish because this weekend I almost had an opening to go channel cat fishing. I was so excited. You know, the water was around 42 degrees, and then this cold front comes in. So yesterday morning, I'm sitting out there. You know, I get up at 5 every morning, so I'm out there at the local water body ready to catch some gizzard shad. And I get my cast net ready and I walk, I step outside of the car and oh my god is it cold. So somehow all this cold air got sucked down, it's like 23 degrees out with huge wind chill. My fingers are starting to turn red and blue. And I tried throwing like three cast nets and I ended up putting my hands into my pockets every single time in between casts. And you know what, I couldn't figure out where the gizzard chad were. If I would have dedicated maybe another like an hour and 15 minutes I might have found them. But it really, really wasn't worth it. So I didn't get to go fishing this weekend. I dedicated it to fixing my car with my dad and just hanging out with the family and just taking it easy. But I'm really hoping that next weekend I might be able to put something together. Anyways, Catterman and Catterwomen, I appreciate you guys. As always, I hope you have a great swing into the week. Can't wait to see you for the next episode of Cattercast. And if you haven't already favored this podcast, you definitely should. All right, guys. Well, I'll see you guys next time. Catterman out.